0: Glory to God, hallelujah. God is good, amen? amen? Amen. Well, I hope you came with expectation. You know, I, I'm realizing more and more, you know, again, not expectation of me, uh, but I realize more and more the need for expectation of God. Um, you know, the, 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 as, as my wife was up here, the Lord was dealing with me on some things, and one of the things that, that, that he seemed to deal with me on was, was willingness. You know, and, um, you know, willingness is something we talk about a lot of times around here, and we've certainly heard it in our circles, but this willingness uh, is what God desires. He desires willingness on our part for whatever he has. Willingness is not just something that it's like, okay, I will do this or I will do that. Willing, willingness is not something that we, it's not something in God's eyes, it's not something that we have done, but willingness is what we will do. Amen? Yeah. And, and the thing is that, that he was connecting in my heart with this is that willingness takes faith. That it takes faith to be willing because, you know, to be willing isn't always, uh, you, you know, God has not appeared to me once and said, this is exactly the plan I have for your entire life that he's going to give me every step. In fact, if I had known the things that I saw this last year, if I'd known those things would be there, I would have never gotten into the plan of God in the first place. I would have run from it. Amen. But as, because some of the hardest things that we, we, we've been into have been in this, this time period, but trusting God and being continually willing and it takes faith, you know, and there's so many times where I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm partaking of faith that I'm being very faithful or that I'm acting very willing, but you know, I, i find the Lord has been showing me as we keep going as we keep pressing on as we just don't quit as we just keep going amen there's times where hard there's times where and, and you know you see this throughout the scriptures you see this in, all through the scriptures actually you see men and women dealing with different hardnesses different uh, hard disagreements different things like that and in all kinds of uh, uh, you know uh, uh, opposition to the plan so to speak or the plan uh, from what we see but 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 when you see people uh, be victorious, is when they they keep pressing into it, keep pressing through it. Amen. And the 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 Lord is, uh, you know, He's really been stirring me a lot that way um, to refocus, you know, to always refocus myself. On him. In fact, he's. You know, there's been many times where uh, I've been woken in the night just to uh, to refocus myself, to get myself just. Uh, uh, you know, more about seeing his plan, and you realize this isn't about me. It's not about like, oh, he's he. You know, he wakes me up, so he makes me feel better. Of course, I do feel better as I as I endeavor to follow the Lord, but but as he, uh, it's about so I can fulfill what he is calling me to do amen and each one of us has something that God is calling us to do it is something that God is calling us into God is moving us towards something right always he, that's what he wants to do but we have such a hard time sometimes as humans because we get distracted by this or we get distracted by that but I wanted to share a scripture with you that came to my heart I didn't I didn't send it in because it came to me later on uh, but it's Psalm 27 13 and 14 praise the Lord I don't know if you can pull it. Yeah, you probably pull it up. It's NIV if you can get it in that. Yeah, perfect. Uh, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, see, it says I remain confident of this. Yeah. This, is a, th- this is a certain, this is what faith is. That, you know, we, we, we might not always know uh, what to do with our day. We might not always do, know what to do with the oppositions, the things that rise against us. But I remain confident in this. You know, I I can't remain confident in you. You can't remain confident in me. Can't remain confident in this church or that church or any other church. Amen. Uh, You you have to remain confident in this, that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And this is a really precious scripture to me. It means a lot because this isn't just dealing with, um, okay, I'll see God's plan fulfilled in me in the land of the living, that I'll accomplish everything that, that God wants me to do. But more than this, that I'll see his goodness amen because that's what we. I don't know about you but that's right you know the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance and I believe that now the goodness appears in many ways but we're not going to get into that right now but we can all understand goodness verse 14 wait for the Lord be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord amen I love that wait for the Lord so many times this is this is what's going to sum up our life willingness is willing to wait for the Lord Willingness is, is is a is an act of of, of maintaining. And willing to just wait and see him, to see what he's going to do, to see what you know those things that he birthed in your heart early on, if they're truly of God, to see them come to pass. Amen. But it's in that place of waiting so much that, that there's so much that's lost because we get distracted. We think, well, surely this can't be enough. You know, as a pastor, it's really easy to think that. You know, you see a church, and and although I, I'm I'm quite happy with our churches, you know, you always want to see them grow. You want to see them do more. I want to see people do more. I want to see people get full connected to the plan of God in some things uh, you just have to wait for sometimes in people you just got to wait for them you just got to allow them to the, the the process and sometimes you want to yell at people sometimes you want to just be like hey listen this is what's going you know you you know you want to show people you want to be like here this is a clear path and yet you know you can't do that because God has to deal with them amen praise the Lord Are we here today yeah amen just making sure because, uh, you know, God has a lot for us. He has a lot for us to do. It, all that God has for us to do is going, you know, I was seeing, talking to uh, Joel in, in church last night, and I was like, you know, one of the things that I've learned over, over the course of just my, you know, being a Christian and, and, and serving God and following after God, one of the things I've learned over and over again is that the plan of God is never just this or just that. The plan of God unfolds as we walk in it. Amen? It's, it's as we take steps towards uh, to, toward what he wants to do, as we take more steps toward him, as we learn how he works and how he speaks to us individually, how he works with us individually. We don't just leap into the plan of God, but we take steps to get into the plan of God. And the plan of God is really more about a lifestyle. It's more about living a life than it is just about, oh, I got this one thing to do. You know, there's so many times where I've heard this over the years where people are like, oh, you don't want to miss the plan of God. Well, there's a truth to that, but, you know, when we say that and we put an emphasis on just missing the plan of God, what we think is that, well, there's one plan for me, and by God, I better not miss it. And I'm going to miss it if I don't do this right or if I don't do that right, you know. Uh, None of those things, you know, the things that we encourage people to do all help uh, facilitate the plan of God the fulfillment of the plan of God in our lives, but it's not as simple as just missing the plan of God. You can miss something today. Is there anybody who's been perfect every day of their life? Point to me one who has. Right? Nobody's pointing around in here, so at least, at least we're in good company here, right? But the same thing goes, you take the best minister that has ever spoken, the best, uh, uh, you know, other than Jesus, he was the best minister that's ever spoken, but anybody other than Jesus, you take them, and they've missed it somewhere along the way. May, and probably, in all truth, they've, they've missed it many times. In fact, Romans 7 talks a lot about that, when Paul talked about missing it so many times in his life, Amen. Praise the Lord. And so uh, we, we need to understand that it, it's not its not just that we hit the nail on the head perfectly every time, but it's that we are, we're, we're heading somewhere. We're heading towards him. Amen? This life is a process that is not meant to end, but it's a process that starts here when we receive Jesus and that we work towards his kingdom. Amen? And that's the path that we're on, and that's the path that we should continue to stay on. Amen? So we stay on that by willingness, and we stay unwilling this by faith. It's not easy to always be willing to do what you got to do, but faith says, I trust the Lord enough that I can do what I have to do. Amen. Praise God, Hallelujah! I'll oh, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm feeling like maybe there's just a little bit left over, you know, turkey and stuffing in here, and I know that that's hard. But but we we really don't just meet because it's still you know, something good to do at the end of having turkey and stuffing. But we want the things of God, Amen. We want what God has for us, and I, I believe that today's message is is important. Although I don't really have all the 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 the, the solid, um You know, not every message is as confident as others are. And what I mean by that is I'm not always confident in myself and how I'm going to deliver it, but I am confident in the Word of God. And because I'm confident in the Word of God and I trust the Lord and he knows that I trust him because uh, he knows how much I don't trust myself. And the very fact that I keep standing in the pulpit with the level of untrust I have for myself or lack of trust I have for myself can only mean one thing, that I've got to be trusting in God. Amen? And that's a willingness that, that, that I'm talking about. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back because I just barely got here. You know what I mean? You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, how many times in life that you've believed that God maybe has led you? on? So is there any, anybody in here, let me ask this. Is there anybody in here that believes that God has led them on something? Yeah right? I mean, there's a few of us, right? There's a, the, and if you feel like God's left, led you on something, sometimes just fulfilling that, even, even though you think it's the direction of God, it still seems impossible to get to the end. Amen. But we just stay correctable. We stay willing to learn. And that's, that's, that's the heart of not just my life, uh, my ministry, everything is that I, 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 I'm open. I I try to be correctable in all things and stay correctable in things, you know, like when, uh, of course, you know, we, we stand solid on the things that we know, but we always stay correctable realizing that those things can be tweaked and we can learn more about them. Amen. Am I speaking to anyone else other than me? Because I, you know, and I say this only not because I'm, I'm not, uh, that, that wasn't rebuke even though it could have sounded like that but I I mean seriously though you know when I I I, I, sometimes when I'm up here preaching I feel like man that's really good for me I wonder if I'm going to help anybody else you know what I mean I want it to I want the things that and I believe that's why God uses me is is not because of not because of my perfection um But because, uh, be, but because I'm I, I, I just willing to keep going, you know, like, because I'm, I'm willing to just get up again. Like, I might not have even been the first person he chose, but, but because, you know, you get up and keep going. And that's the same thing with all of you. You keep coming. And if you keep coming, that's a blessing too, right? And that means that we are going somewhere. But in going somewhere, let's not just go somewhere, pretending to be church. Let's actually desire to fulfill God's plan. Let, let's try to get to where we need to be. Let's not just be another, uh, uh, another church, another group that meets, but let's be uh, something more than that. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 10, 37. <clears throat> Matthew ten thirty-seven. Hallelujah. This is uh, th- th- these are this is some important uh, instruction from the one himself, and uh, I think it's something that we need to really uh, we, we we need to meditate on probably often and think about often. Jesus said here, if anyone anyone who loves the Father or or loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Now, notice that Jesus didn't say anyone who loves their father or mother is not worthy of me. It says anyone who loves them more than me, right, Right. is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it." You know, it's, it, it's a really difficult thing sometimes when we come face to face with the truth that we need to walk in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the number one truths, I think, that's foundational to being a Christian and to being an effective Christian is not that we have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Because although that is a, uh, an act that's important, I don't think it's even the greatest act that we can do in that. I think the most important thing that we can do is just what he was, was laying out here, is learning how to lose ourselves, yeah. lose our lives. Now, when it says lose your life, of course, it's not necessarily just talking about, you know, laying down your life to be a martyr or something like that in the, sense, in the natural, uh, simplistic meaning of the word martyr. But, but losing our lives is really about learning to, uh, to, to, to focus our life after him. Amen? Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And, you know, this is the life that God has called us to. Being a Christian is not just, oh, I've accepted Jesus and now I don't get to go to hell, right? But it's so much more than that. It's about living a transformed life. You know, we think about a lot, I think a lot about John, especially lately, I've been thinking a lot about John 10, 10 which, you know, uh, what Jesus says, talks about giving us abundant life, you know, and there was so many, was so much time where I would define that as just being this life here, you know, where I would focus that scripture as I read that scripture, I'd focus it on, you know, God gives us an abundant life. So that means it must mean that every day here must be good or, or that I should shoot for good or that I should you look for how God's going to fill my life with good things. But that's not really what Jesus was talking about there. What Jesus was talking about is, is, is a true, the true abundant life which is following after him a life that's been filled with the Spirit, a life that's been filled by the doings of the Spirit. You know, as we go forward, as we do the things that God calls us to do, as we step into this life, as we walk this life out, so to speak, right? As we're, as we're walking this life out and doing the things that God even t- directs us to do daily, all these things, this is where we find abundant life. It's a true life, a life that's worthy of the name, a life that's truly worthy of living. It's not the life that was in the world where we saw it after things where we were trying to obtain certain things or just have to, you know i'm just trying to have as much fun as i can before i die have my bucket list so to, you know like 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 there's so many i've heard lots of christians i have i've said that before I, this is on my bucket list or that is on my bucket list and to be honest with you there's only one thing that should be on a christian's bucket list and that's following after god yeah. It shouldn't be that I'm trying to obtain this or I'm trying to obtain that and then again it's not that we you know when I preach these things I'm not trying to make people feel bad about themselves I'm not saying that we don't have any life that we don't live a good life that we don't uh, you know uh, walk in God's goodness here that we get to experience things that we get to do nice things go see lands that we wanted to see or buy things that we wanted to buy it's just that those things shouldn't be our focus and yet those things so much are the focus you know uh, uh, in a America especially we've, we, we've gained this consumer mentality because this the system here is built on consumerism you know everything is about consuming uh, you know uh, you know and, and there's aspects to this which I, I, I see as problematic you know we, we consume something and then we throw it out we consume something and then we throw it out uh, we you know we have we, we don't ever consider the greater picture in things and I'm not preaching an environmental message today that's not my point in saying these things but it, it's just this mindset that perpetuates in our life of, in all things. And, you know, what, what I've found is that, you know, the Bible says that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. I hope I'm using that scripture. I haven't studied it recently, so I'm hoping I'm using that scripture accurately. But I can see the truth in, in, in life that, that it's these little things that we don't take care of so often that are the things that cause us to get distracted and get off. It's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You know, recently I had realized that I was I was spending way too much time on a certain uh, on on a certain social media app, right? And I I, I really wanted to uh, I, I what I noticed was is this, and what it dawned on me was this is that so when it, when I would open my phone, almost always, almost instinctively, one of the first things I would scroll to is that app which I put on the second page of my, 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 pages, you know, my, of my home screen. And uh, I, I was like, man, I really got to take some time off from this. And so what I did was I decided I was just going to take some time and, and, and not get on there at all. But uh, almost what I learned in doing that was almost instinctively, every time I opened my phone, I would scroll over to it. Not even opening it, but I'd scroll over to it. And then I'd almost hit it. And I was like, wait a minute, what am I doing? It's just a little thing, right? And so what I did was I put it at the very end of my home screen. So like five, six, seven pages later, I can't remember how many apps I have on my, on my home screen. But, uh, so I'd have to mindfully go through all of them just to get to it. And I've left it there. I'm not moving it back. And the reason, I, I, the reason I even bring this up to you right now is not to come against social media stuff and all that, but I'm, I'm using an example of one little thing. If we don't guard it, can sneak in, and it can gain control of our life in areas that we don't want it to. And consumerism is one of those things. We live in a society full of consumerism, and so it's easy for us to just consume. It doesn't matter if we're poor or rich. None of that matters because we're all consumers. We just consume. We, we go through things quickly. We go through things, you know, we, there's, there's no longevity in things. We don't think about keeping things or being content with things. We're always moving on to the next greatest thing. Right. And that's consumer mindset. Yeah. And whatever it's in, it can be in natural things, it can be in material things, but it can also be in greater things as well. Why do we do what we do? Yeah. And if we don't stay mindful of why we do what we do, we will lose God's purpose very quickly. Right. We will get lost in our own purpose, and we, instead of uh, losing our life, we've gained our life because we built our life according to what we want and what we desire. Amen? You know, I've often said this uh, in the past, I believe the Lord has shown me this, and he's shown me many times since then, that when we truly desire something, we're the last ones to seek God, or or the last ones to hear from God whether or not they're really for us. And the reason I say that is because if if we really want something, we're always going to hear things that benefit us. Right? When you desire something, you're going to hear what you want to hear. And in hearing what you want to hear, it's easy to say that God led me to do this or to do that. But what I've been realizing in my life is that there's so many areas of my life that were nothing more than me just desiring something and then moving towards it. It wasn't actually submitting it before the Lord and saying, God, do you actually have this for my life? What about for our family's life? As, a, as, as you know, my wife and I uh, lead our family and guide our family, are all the decisions we make, are they leading, God, are they leading the kids toward God? Or are they leading our family away from God? You know, are they leading, uh, to, you, you know, and, and we, we, we tried to build our lives being mindful, but even being mindful, we've seen how things have slipped in at different times. And the key to this is staying correctable. But we have to understand that what God is offering humanity is not just contained in this present time. And if what God is not offering humanity is not just contained in this present time, then what he's offering us is not just contained in this present time. In other words, we focus on what we're going to do in the here and now so much that we can lose what God wants to do us overall. Amen? But we have to understand this. He's taking us from from a place of loss and moving us toward his kingdom. This is how God views our life. This is why so often people don't understand the things that happen in their life, because they don't see or won't see the overall picture. They see day to day. They see the trouble that's before them. They don't realize that God is moving them somewhere else. Now, when I say this, I want to be very careful, because I've also seen the other side of this, where there's people that believe that everything that happens, God is moving them into that. And that's a falsity too. That's a, a falsehood. That's there's no truth in that. that. Just because you you know you can make decisions in your life, that doesn't mean that God is moving you towards that. Right. You make bad decisions, and sometimes God will let you remain in those bad decisions for a while, in order to work things out of you or to work things in you so you don't do them again. Yeah. But so often people don't learn from these things, and so that's the truth too. But God is moving us to something. He sees our life as an overall. He doesn't uh, as an overall life. He doesn't just see our life day to day. Although He is in our day, and He wants your day to be a blessing to you. Amen. But your day being a blessing to you doesn't revolve around you getting what you want. It doesn't revolve around you getting, you know, your happy desires and just making you blessed. Now, again, God is not, I, I, I would have lost heart if I didn't believe that God, I'd see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So we should teach that and we should believe that, but let's not get consumer minded about it. Let's not fill our lives with how much God wants to do for us every day and filling our pockets and filling our joy and making us fat and happy because that's not what God's, uh, that's not what his overall uh, uh, trajectory or his goal for our lives is. God wants wants us to learn things. He wants to better us. He wants to make us better versions of who we are. But so much we stay or we tend to stay in this place. And even as churches, even in religion, these things can be so. These things, uh, uh, they work in in, in single individuals, but they also work in groups. And we see these things as we look around. We'll get into that some more in a minute. But the more that we insist on living on the here and now, the more we are going to miss our true connection with God. You know, I, 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 I'm beginning to realize, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm uh, 47 years old. I'm about halfway through that, I think. Am I about halfway through that? Getting close to halfway through that. So pushing 48. And in my mind, you know, 48 is a, a good age to be. 47 is a good age to be. But one of the interesting things that's really just really dawned on me this year is, is 50 isn't too far away. You know, 50 is something that I can, I, can, I can almost smell it. You know, it's, it's coming this way. And I think, man, 50, that's, that's, a, pretty, that's a pretty good age. I, I'm at the place now where I realize that when I met my wife, that our parents were about my age. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and I'm like, man, that's crazy to think about. Because they were old back then, weren't they? You know what I mean? I mean, they were old back then, and now where are we? Now I'm that person. You know, and, and I'm like, I don't feel as old as they were. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, these are the thoughts that we have, and this is one of the delusions of, uh, uh, of being young, is that you, you, you never think that you're that old, but, but then all of a sudden you find yourself pushing 50 and I'm looking at 50 not far being that not that far away and what I realize in that is that you know I I, and I'm I'm not one to get depressed about the end of my life in fact to be honest with you there's been plenty of times where I've prayed for it amen Uh, and and I mean that in all sincerity and honestly not from depression just Lord Jesus I am ready take me home amen Uh, though I know that there's still things that he wants me to do that's kind of the point of what I'm making is that in this life I'm realizing now that there's less and less time to get accomplished whatever it is I have to do. And I don't know all, that I, all it is I have to do, and so that drives me to want to know. That drives me for more. But I think about all the years where I wasted trying to build something instead of living in God's presence and just allowing Him to do what He wanted. You know, sometimes it doesn't look exactly what, it, what, what we wanted to, our youth group, for example, you know, my wife was talking about that, and they've been sending me, you know, little, little bits and pieces every time they have uh, something new happen or uh, something exciting happens, and I get those messages often, and those messages bless me. But our youth group isn't the biggest youth group in the world. It's not the biggest youth group in Chautauqua County, but it doesn't need to be. It needs to be exactly what it is and see that's that's kind of part of the thing we could we, we could be and, and and not that i mean i think that the, uh, josh and rachel are are are, are very uh, blessed by it and they think that am i wrong yeah. I'm wrong. <laughs> he nodded. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, no, but it, it's just, he, he thought I was going to say something. He was. Gonna, he thought he was going to say, am I right? Amen. But, uh, uh, you, you know, they're blessed by it, and they, they want to see more for it and stuff. In any ministry, there's other things that we want to do. You know, there's other things that we want to grow in and, and want to see more of. And of course, but we have to learn that, that, that we have to get in the, in that place of contentment with God, allowing him to do what he wants to do so we don't miss the true connections of what he wants us to make right now amen oh praise God hallelujah and uh this uh really brings me kind of into the heart of this and 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 I want to take you to some interesting scriptures now these these scriptures uh they came to me in the night one night and um, I didn't really, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure I probably read them before, but I, I hadn't remembered. Well, I did because one of them was highlighted. But I think I read them out of context. Actually, we'll point that out when I get to them. But uh, uh, Isaiah 58, if you go ahead and turn with me there. But these, these came to me in the middle of the night. And it really uh, blessed me. In fact, you know, these scriptures are, are really what the, the message is is built around. Hallelujah. And I think we're just going to read a whole bunch of Isaiah fifty eight. From my, from what I'm seeing here, we are going to read all of Isaiah fifty eight. Amen? Amen. Amen. Or I'm going to read it. You're going to listen and maybe read along. Uh, shout it out! Uh, shout it aloud! Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. Now, <clears throat> this is, you know, speaking to the prophet to declare this out loud. And as I'm led, led to read this, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, this isn't just me declaring it to you, like you're, you're, you're the one that I'm going to, to attack for your rebellion or declare for your rebellion or, or whatever. But this is a, a, a this, this kind of is a, what I see here is, is, is something that we see in the church. And what I mean in the church, I mean in, in, the, in religion, in, in the church body at large or whatever. And so I, I believe it's one of those things that we have to watch out for, amen? amen? For day after day, they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of, God, of its God. They ask ask me for uh, for just decisions and seem eager to God to come near them. And this this is a really interesting place because, man, like if you're not if you, if you blink real fast, you could miss the fact that this could be any one of us. Mm-hmm. Well, it says they seem eager for God. Yeah. This is what God says they, they seem eager, and so they're doing things that look like they're hungry for God. They do things that look like they're eager. But obviously this is correction. Amen? uh Um, Why have we fasted, they say? And have you not seen it? We have humbled ourselves, and you have not noticed. Yet on the day of your fasting, this is what the Lord says to them, on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. And exploit all, all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarrel, quarreling and strife. And in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today. And expect your voice to be heard on high. Now this is talking about fasting. And that's a really interesting thing, isn't it? I mean, we, you would think the person who's fasting, sir, surely they love the Lord. <coughs> but God says you do this, but this is the result of what you do afterwards. In other words, your God, what, what is supposed to be your godly fast doesn't end up being a godly, end up in godly actions. In other words, another way that we can see it is this, is you're, you're, you're claiming to do, or you are actually doing things that you think are godly things, but there's no fruit of the Spirit in your life. What you're producing is the opposite. You're attacking people. You're 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 you're, you're uh, working people too hard. You're doing things that are outside. And see, the, it's so easy to see this. way well, churches—they're doing stuff. Man, they look like they're praying. They're they're having services. They're they're reading the word. Maybe they're having small groups. They're doing all these things. But yet, on the other end of it, what are they really producing? Amen. Um. And then the question, the people are are truly stumped. They're saying, why have we fasted and you have not seen it? Um, Verse four, your fasting ends in quarreling. Oh, we read that. Verse five, uh, is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you are? Uh, is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? So in other words, you know, the, the, the fast, the way the Jews saw the fast was this, is that they would, they would they, they, it would look like they were in mourning. You know, they'd cover themselves in ashes. They would wear sackcloths and whatever those are, just like not anything fancy. They would look like they were fasting. And they would, they would bow their heads like a broken reed. They would look like they were broken before the Lord. They, they put on the show. They did these things. And maybe in their heart, that's truly what they thought. But they missed the greater aspect of what God was saying to them. He's like, this isn't this this isn't the thing that I've asked for. This is not what I've looked for in for in you. I uh, you know so so often we can do that. We can be uh, we we can be martyr minded, right? We can think, oh man, I've I've sacrificed so much for the Lord, and yet we forget the joy of the Lord. We can we we we, we can say, oh, there's there's so much for me to do, and I I put myself at the front of this pack. I'm not I'm not saying this is all you do or others do and I'm doing it pretty good no, I keep myself at the front of that because the truth is how much do we look at that and we forget that there's a joy in following the Lord. We forget that we should be full of the Spirit of God and to, to be full of the Spirit of God doesn't just mean, it does mean that we pour out. It does mean that we can give out. It does mean that we do great and mighty works and that's wonderful. But there's another side to it too that we we remain in joy, that we remain in God's presence, that that we have a relationship with him, that we know that we're, we're connecting with his plan and that's supposed to be a joyful thing. of what God is leading us to and yet people leave in such sorrow and they think that that's what it is but then that's why they attack. Is not the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke and yet how many people sit in churches which is more bondage put on them? I repent for the days that I put bondage on people by what I've preached. I mean, in sorrow. I I, I don't take it lightly. In fact, there's there's, there's times where I I, I fear the pulpit because of the realization of, of, of how lives can be manipulated and controlled, even inadvertently, by the things that I say, by the things that I do, or the attitude which I bring. Or the way in which I see things. Lord, don't let me see things the way that I see things. Lord, let me see things the way you see things. And I'm to do that as an example as a pastor. So the sheep will also do the same thing. Because you need to see in your life, Lord, I don't want my way. I forsake my way. I let go of my way. Because I want yours. I want yours, God. To throw ourselves fully into God's plan. Is to recognize that we have a will that we have to crucify every single day. That we have a will that we have to crucify it, moment to moment. You know, my wife gave the example of, you know, doing some things. And I'm just going to leave it there. You, you heard it because you were in for announcements. But saying some things that, or, 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 or being in a certain way about a certain action that someone else took. And, it, you know, and then feeling bad for it. But that's part of that. That's part of that process, but you know she could get down on herself too and keep herself into, oh, I missed it again. I'm so miserable. I'm so terrible. I missed it. I didn't do it the way that I should have. She could get into that place. That's a place I like to be, <laughs> if I'm honest with you. It's a place I take myself all the time. Oh, well, I missed it here. I missed it there. God isn't looking for me to get it perfect. He's not looking for you to get it perfect. He's looking for us to be willing yeah. through the process of Him perfecting us. Yeah. He doesn't care if you got it perfect. Now, listen, I, I, I'm not advocating living badly, but there's a difference between somebody who goes out and lives just badly and somebody who misses it as they're trying to live right. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference between those two things. Right. Let us be people that don't live badly, but, the, but, we, but we live uh, righteously the way God wants us to, you know, and, and, and humbly uh, honoring him and, and, and reverently fearing him. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Verse 6. No, I'm in the wrong chapter. Uh, Verse 7. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and do not turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. See, I had this, this is the scripture I had right, uh, or highlighted. I, 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 I had this highlighted because I had seen some minister post it somewhere, I think, or say it. And I had this completely disconnected from the rest. Yeah. Have you ever heard this before? Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. And healing will quickly appear. That sounds good. Yeah. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Verse, verse nine, let's go ahead and go to that one. Then you will call and the Lord will answer and you will cry for help and you will say, here am I, if you do away with the yoke of oppression. See, the thing is, we, 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 I had those highlighted in my Bible. They're still highlighted in my old Bible. Excited about them. And there's truth in those things and, and we should look to that truth. But look what it's attached to. Yeah. It's attached to being right before the Lord and, and, and living in a way that we see God as, as our focus, is as we, as, as, like Jesus said, that we, we lose our life. Not what we thought, not what we thought it should be, not what we uh, mark it up to be, right. but what God wants. Amen? Yes. Praise God. Um, and if you, uh, then you will call, uh, you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do, uh, do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing, of, uh, pointing finger and malicious talk. do A lot of us good to just kind of to, to linger on that for a while. And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land he w- and, and will strengthen strengthen your frame you will be like a well-watered garden like a spring whose waters never fail your people will rebuild will, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations you will uh, be called you will be called prepare, repairer of broken walls restorer of streets with dwellings if you keep your feet from breaking the sabbath and from doing as, uh, as you please on my holy day. That's really important. You know, it, and again, I don't think that, that, that we have to, you know, have a special Sabbath day uh, specifically. <clears throat> I believe that it does us good to do so and to, to, break, uh, to have that. But, but notice how he, he says this in there, and this is what's important. Uh, that you uh, From doing as you please on my holy day really, you know, I think a lot of things as they translate into the New Testament, not I think, I mean, we see this if you, if you look at the word, uh, the way that God has written it, is that a lot of things translate into the New Testament differently than they were in the law. You know, Jesus held people to a higher standard and didn't lower the standard. You know, so many Christians, they're like, oh, well, Jesus has come, he's freed me from my sins, so I can lower my standard. But that's not what Jesus did. Jesus uh, hired the standard. He raised the standard, yeah, thank you. He raised the standard to us. It's not that we just, it's, it's not that we just have a holy day. We're supposed to keep every day holy. Yeah. And what does that mean? It means live righteously. Right. It means live the way God wants us to live, yielded to him and in, in, in fearing him, reverentially fearing him. Is my day Live for the Lord? Jesus called us, he didn't call us to lay down a day, he called us to lay down our life. That's right. and, and what does that mean? to not to, to to not make it look like the things that they were after the things that the world's after but to honor him in our day amen, amen. Uh, if you call the sabbath a delight and the lord's day uh, the lord's holy day honorable and if you honor it by not going uh, your own in your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words <clears throat> praise god What verse is that? 13. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath... um, Did I just read that? Yeah. Yeah. Where are we on? 14. Okay, thank you. I keep looking away and then losing my spot. Then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. If we aren't careful... We can live religious, but not live godly. And I think that this is a problem that so many people have gotten to, so many churches have gotten to, is that we got the religious thing down. We got, okay, go to church, something we should do. Maybe give to the church once in a while, maybe that's something we should do. Maybe we should pray once in a while and read our Bible. That's all religious thinking. But we've, 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 we've taken out the fact that what God did was bring us into a place of relationship. He didn't just bring us into a place of rules and regulations, but relationship with Him. And He gave us these things that, you know, can draw us closer. But still, people still, they seem to just want to, uh, to, 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 to forget about that and reject that and just kind of go on meandering through this life and wondering, you know, I, I was, again, I was telling Joel last night that my, my life before was kind of like a, a pinball machine. You know, the ball that just kind of bounces all around and makes some noise once in a while, but, but there's no, it's just chaotic. That's not how God has called us to live. He's called us to live for Him. Our life is to be, to be dedicated for Him. And so when we do things, why do we do what we do today? Why do I work where I work? Why do I serve where I serve? Or, or why do I, I, I go after the things I go after? Why do I try to produce the things in life? Why do I, you know, how am I looking at life overall? Am I looking at it as something to be given to the Lord? Is it, am I looking at it as something that the Lord wants to use? This is not what preachers are called to live. This is what Christians are called to live. How do we view, and, and again, this doesn't mean that we're, you know, everybody's gonna be a traveling minister, or everybody's gonna be a pastor, or everybody's gonna be this or that. They come in various ways. You know, uh, praise God. I've thought, I've heard so many different times, and there's people in here, and and I'm just not going to say names because, uh, for the sake of just not saying them, but like, you know, there's so many people, you hear things that people have done this, they've had it on their heart to do this, and they do that, and see, that's the kind of thing, and it's a blessing for somebody else, and it costs them to do it. You know, that's the thing. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. And yet, somewhere along the line, it feels like we've kind of gotten distracted from that a little bit. You know, it feels like we've, we've kind of gotten to a place, not that you know, like if you've done something once, you've got to do it a million times to be righteous, that that's your call now, but know that we, that we, we have something that, that God has put in our hearts to do when we do that, and then we look for the next thing that God has put in our hearts to do, and then we do that, that we be people that are truly living for the Lord, not trying to accomplish something, not trying to build something for someday down the road, but to build for what he wants to build in us today. We are called together to fulfill the plan of God. Now, this is what the, the, the night that the Lord gave this to me. These are th- the things that came to me. And there was some realization that, that came to me as well. And I'm going to share it with you. The first words were, it's, it's time to set something aside for the Lord. And then I said to the Lord, Father, I see the problem with me. And I need you to help me with it. I can't fix it on my own. I was looking inwardly. I wasn't looking at all you. I wasn't thinking about what everybody else was doing in this moment, but I had come face to face with the fact that God was revealing in me an area that needed to be consecrated to him. You know how many of these areas that we'll have? I don't know exact number of them, but we'll have them continually until Jesus comes. Because God is is perfecting us continually. Amen. So this is not something to, be get, to get down on ourselves about. In fact, one of the things the Lord did is he showed me, even when I got to the place where I admitted before him, I said, Lord, I can't do this. I, I don't have it in me to do this. I can't change this because I don't want to change this. I said that to the Lord. I don't want to change this about me. This thing about me, I'm just happy with accepting this and doing the other things that you want me to do. But see, it was that thing that was keeping me from him. It was that moment that was keeping me from him. And so I cried out to him. I said, Lord, I can't do it. And he said, exactly. That's what I want for you to see. You need my grace, but you need to see your need first. I want to work something in you, but I want you to understand when I do and why I do. Walk with me and I will lead you. And, you, you know, it, 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 it was so eye-opening to me because I'm just like, yes, that's what it's about. It's about it's about this continuing, just doing it, right? Just continuing to do it, taking the next step when you know the next step. In fact, this last night, early, I I, I was awoke. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how because it was in the strangest ways. It doesn't really matter, but I was awoke. And I went out and I started seeking the Lord. And, uh, man, and there were some things in it that, that I... Uh, I was seeing in myself again. And I want to share this with you. I want to get it right. Praise God. I think I moved it into another folder. Oh I started, I started, I started in, I can't find it but that's okay because I remember what it was. I started in on this, but Lord, I'm why am I like and I was going to start saying why am I like this why am I fighting this all the time why am I like this I started to say why am I and he interrupted me and I heard this exclaimed in my spirit you are fearfully and wonderfully made Mm -hmm. God takes delight in how he makes us he knows that I'm, I, I, I'm. He knows that my 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 natural being is uh, uh, wanting to sin and want, given to that that nature and wanting to go against the plan. He knows that. He knew that when he created me. But it doesn't change the fact that he made me fearfully and wonderfully made, and he did the same thing for you. And I believe that's what I was here to share with you this morning is this idea that it, it it's not about that we that, that we've got it all figured out or that we can even. But it's that we're willing to. God, I will walk in this way less than perfect because you know you've given me this way when I was less than perfect. He didn't say, child of God, you're perfect. Now come before me and walk in my ways. He didn't say, child of God, clean yourself up and and, and then you can walk in my ways. He said, no, walk in my ways because the blood of Christ has has cleansed you and the Holy Spirit guides you. Hallelujah. And you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't always like my personality. In fact, one of the things I hate least about life is my personality. You don't have my personality. I have it. I hate most. Yes, I hate most of my life. Thank you. Uh, I hate my personality. Because I, I, it's that that I contend with. Yeah. Isn't it you that you contend with? Yeah. That's your personality. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But God knows those things in you that he put in you. He knows how he wants to develop them. He looks at those things and he thinks, this is something I can do something with. You know why? Because he's God. Yeah, yeah, right. not, because you're, not because it's even possible to do something with you. <laughs> right? Like, like he showed me, it's, it's impossible to do anything with you if I wasn't God, right. not him, him. You know what I mean? It's like he's saying that to me. Like, you, 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 yes, you will always muck it up. That's true. But I'm God. And if you follow me, you trust in me, you lean in me, you're willing to let go of you for me, I'll take you where I need you to get to. And I'll take you there imperfectly. Mm -hmm. I'll take you there broken sometimes. I'll take you there dragging sometimes. (laughs) Oh, I know, this isn't a popular thing sometimes in the world at large to hear these types of things, or maybe in our circles at large, but it doesn't really matter. God wants to build in us, not because of who we are, but because of what he wants to do. But he requires us to be willing to do it, to be willing to be led, to be willing to go, to be willing to get up one more time, to be willing to step out one more time. You know what I found? You know, I always look for the grace of God because I thought the grace of God was something that it wasn't. I always look for the grace of God and things that the grace of God didn't exist in. I always looked at the grace of God was, surely when I got in the pulpit, I'd never stutter. Surely, when I got in the pulpit, I'd say everything perfectly right. Yeah. He didn't even give me that much. <laughs> he, he gave me a wife that would correct me, be willing to correct me while I'm preaching. <laughs> Amen? Accept <laughs> that. It would be so much better if I could just stand up here with, uh, you know, like I hear my voice on, 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 on you can ask my family. If I hear, if they, they're like editing something or whatever, or she accidentally opens something. I don't know why it comes up sometimes. But every once in a while, I hear me preaching, and I'm instantly, what do I do? Yeah. Ugh! I can't stand it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear my voice. Thankfully, what I hear right now is not what you hear. Yeah. If I had to hear what you hear, I would not do this anymore. But, it, you know, it's a little soft. It's like people, you know, the people that get on and they start singing. Everybody thinks they can sing until they actually sing and you're just like, oh, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's like, but that, that's kind of the way it is. They hear it as really good. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just so we can deceive ourselves. But you know, know, God, uh, he uses us despite these things. I was looking for the grace of God to always be something that was like, oh, I would just be articulate. I would just, all of a sudden, I would sound like, you know, a great orator or something like that. People, and then then the Lord started revealing to me, through study, started showing me that the Apostle Paul was exactly like that. That Moses was, I'm not comparing myself to Paul or Moses. Please believe me, I would not be that foolish. But what I'm saying is even the greatest that have been used have not been able to be somebody that uh, even, even at times people even wanted to listen to. In fact, it even says about Jesus somewhere that he wasn't anything to behold that is his, you know, some people, you know, whenever we see Jesus in a movie, it's always some, some hunk of a man, you know, mostly. You, you know what I mean? Like even, like, even if you don't like men, you look at him and say, hey, that's pretty good looking, you know what I mean? Like, like, like that's always what it is, always pervy, you know. Because how many, I mean, I don't know how many people they get to sign up for, hey, we're, we're, we're going to have, we want somebody, some actor to play Jesus, but he's got to be really ugly. Right. A lot of people wouldn't. But, you know, that's the, the, the idea that Jesus didn't come in this polished, uh, th- this polished looking shell, something, you know, he was, uh, he, he wasn't, uh, you know, considered this uh, in himself, in his form as a great and, and wonderful person. Though surely this one's the Messiah. But think about this throughout history. When, when, when was it Samuel that picked David was, was, was looking for David? Right. Am I right? Yeah. He didn't pick him first, did he? No, he went down through all of them because they're all better looking. They're all bigger. They're all stronger. They were all more impressive. But what did he say? He says he doesn't, God doesn't look at things the way that you look at things. For God looks at the heart. Amen. And what is the heart? The heart is the willingness to be able to be used, the willingness to be able to do. And so therefore all of us are qualified if all of us will be qualified. God isn't looking for someone who looks like they have the most faith or they, they, they have the, you know, the best teaching ability or whatever. He's not looking for any of that. He's looking for the one who simply will be willing. Amen? Amen. Praise God. You know, in, in, in this, in these things, um, how much time do I have? Am I over? Does that mean it's done? Oh, I'm over. Well, I guess I don't got to worry about what else I got to preach. Hey, that was pretty good, wasn't it? We're all done. Sorry, guys. I'm really am not going to get into the rest of the stuff that, that I surely thought I was going to need. Um, but, uh, yeah. Boy, I can distract myself real quick. <clears throat> I want to say this to you, though we we have to stop filtering God through our desire. We need to filter God through, uh, uh, filter our desire through His will. Only at this point can we find ourselves pleasing to the Lord. Guys, it's not hard to please the Lord. It's not hard to be somebody who's used by the Lord, but we have to. it, it, It comes in this willingness. Of, of, of crucifying the flesh, of putting ourselves down and saying, you know what, this is what I want to do going forward, knowing, knowing that wherever he leads us, we'll be, it, it will work out to be his good. Amen? Yeah. What he deems as good. And the thing that I found is this, is that you'll be blessed in it too. You know, I can do many things outside the will of God that I thought that I wanted to do and not be blessed by any of it. But when I find myself in, in, in doing God's will... I always find myself in that place of, of, of where true peace is and in, in, in the, really the true fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Praise God.